Let's just uh, begin in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you that we can gather together to study your word, and I pray that you give us uh, understanding and give us ears to hear, and that we would grow in the knowledge of you and of your Son, and that uh, we would understand this uh, great prophecy in Isaiah uh, that you gave to your prophet uh, about his own days, but also about the days uh, to come. And we thank you for these things and pray that uh, you bless our time together in your son's name. Amen. Let's just read from uh, verse 18 until we get to the prophecy. Uh, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Uh, When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, uh, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being uh, a just man and willing to put her to shame, oh, and her husband Joseph, uh, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, uh, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, uh, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Uh, And now here we we see the the prophecy. Uh, And so as we read uh, through the New Testament, we, we might be likely to uh, to read this and uh, maybe look at the, the verse reference uh, in, in Isaiah and uh, go, go to that, that verse and be like, well, um, you know, it just, just must uh, be uh, totally about Jesus and have nothing to do with anyone else uh, what, whatsoever at all. Uh, period. End, end of story. We, we, we get it all. And it's like, well, we, we actually partially got, got the truth, uh, but Matthew knew the text very well. Uh, and so he knew uh, what took place uh, between Isaiah 7 to 9 uh, and even, uh, even beyond. But a lot of times when we look up a, a, a reference or see it in the New Testament, we might take, take for granted that we think we, we understand uh, everything that the author is saying. And so uh, now we can go to Isaiah uh, beginning in uh, chapter 7 and work through the first half of chapter 9. And we will um, see the fullness. And I think by the time we get to the end, we'll see that the prophecy is even more amazing uh, than, uh, than just what Matthew uh, quoted there. And now, as we get into this, 
Uh, we're going to uh, hear about uh, Ahaz, who was the king of Judah uh, at the time that Isaiah wrote this prophecy. Uh, around 635 BC. And we'll also hear about uh, Pekah, the king of Israel, and that's in the, the northern kingdom. And so uh, if you've ever read about, uh, about the uh, kingdom, this is founded with uh, Saul, uh, but then especially the, the Davidic kingdom and dynasty uh, with David. Uh, during the time of Saul, David, and Solomon, uh, that was the period of the United Kingdom, uh, which for most of that time, except for a few years at the start of David's reign, uh, the entire uh, kingdom of Israel was united, all the tribes uh, under one king. Uh, and so uh, we could call it the United Kingdom or the United Monarchy uh, between uh, 1051 B.C. Uh, through uh, 931 uh, B.C. But uh, after uh, Solomon uh, died and his son uh, uh, Rehoboam uh, took over the, the kingdom, very early on in his reign, uh, he was so hard on the people and he so increased the yoke on them and uh, oppressed them that the, the tribes uh, divided. Uh, the kingdom was sundered uh, in two, and part of that also arose uh, because of Solomon's idolatry. God said he was going to break up the kingdom, but he would preserve Judah uh, for, for the king because he promised to David uh, an everlasting uh, dynasty, and he would not uh, remove that as he took it away from Saul, even though Solomon's sins were uh, so very, uh, very uh, great. Uh, and so this, what, what we'll be reading about is some hundreds of years later uh, in 635 uh, BC uh, in the southern kingdom uh, is typically called uh, Judah uh, because that was the, the tribe that was preserved. Uh, although I think sometimes Benjamin uh, worked with them a bit. But uh, so it's called Judah. Uh, and its capital uh, was uh, Jerusalem. Uh, and then the, the northern kingdom uh, was called uh, Israel, although Israel could be used for, for, for the whole, uh, but because they were split up, it was often called Israel because most of the tribes uh, were to the, to the north, uh, still together. Uh, but sometimes it could also be called Ephraim uh, because Ephraim was a very prominent uh, tribe uh, and uh, the, its capital, at least during this time, uh, was at in uh, Samaria. So let's just begin a reading, uh, verses 1 and 2. In the days of Ahaz, uh, the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, Rezin, the king of Syria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, the king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but could not mount uh, an attack against it. When the house of David was told, Syria is in league with Ephraim, uh, the heart of Ahaz and the heart of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake uh, before the wind. 
Uh, and so here, uh, in the days of Ahaz, uh, the son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah. Uh, Ahaz is the, the king of Judah uh, to the south. He is the uh, Davidic king in the, the Davidic line. Uh, and he was an extremely uh, wicked uh, king. Uh, he, uh, over time, as he got more into his dynasty, he even sacrificed one of his uh, children. Uh, he uh, put up altars and offered sacrifices uh, to the Baals or, or Baals. Uh, it can be pronounced different ways. Uh, he also uh, sacrificed all sorts of gods uh, on altars, on on the high places, on, on the hills, with the trees around uh, around the, the kingdom. Uh, and eventually, he, he went up to Syria to meet with the, the king of Assyria, uh, the great empire uh, to the north by the, the Euphrates, uh, Tigris and the Euphrates. Uh, and he uh, saw an altar uh, that he uh, made exact, uh, took a pattern or copy of it uh, and sent it back uh, to the, the high priest uh, to uh, create the, the same altar uh, because he saw that uh, those gods had helped uh, win, win battles. Uh, and so he replaced uh, God's altar and used God's altar for divination uh, to, to get uh, secret, secret words and, and knowledge uh, from it. So he became an extremely uh, wicked uh, king and one of the worst that Judah uh, ever had. Uh, and then it says, uh, Rezin, the king of Assyria, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, the king of Israel, came up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but could not yet mount an attack against it. So Rezin was the king of Syria. That was to the northeast uh, of the, the whole whole nation and uh, all of the tribes. Uh, in those days, it, it was uh, typically called uh, Aram. Uh, they were the, the Arameans, uh, and their capital was Damascus. Um, and uh, this Rezin, king of Assyria, made an alliance with Pekah, uh, the king of Israel, the, the northern uh, tribes. Uh, and they had been working on an alliance to stand against uh, the mighty Assyrian empire uh, way, way to the, the north in uh, Mesopotamia with the Tigris and the Euphrates. It's near uh, modern-day uh, Iraq. Uh, and they were trying to create a coalition of nations to stand against uh, this uh, great empire, uh, the, the greatest uh, empire up to its time because they were conquering lots and lots of territory and were proving to be a, a tremendous threat. And so uh, they got allies from, uh, from the Phoenicians and from the Philistines and uh, from the, the Edomites uh, to, the, to the south. Uh, and they were trying to pressure uh, Judah, the, the southern kingdom, with the Davidic uh, king, and Ahaz, to join them uh, in their league, uh, to stand against uh, Assyria. But we'll see that Ahaz uh, was actually leaning more toward uh, Assyria. His, his bets were uh, on them, and he even ended up offering a tribute to them and taking gold and silver from the temple to try and get the, the favor for uh, them to help him. And so at this time, uh, Rezin, the king of Syria, and uh, Pekah, uh, the king of Israel, the northern tribes, uh, they struck from the north uh, down on Judah uh, and tried to go at Jerusalem. Uh, and then they backed off that, uh, and the 
uh, king of Syria, Rezin, uh, went down to the south by the Edomites, down to the Red Sea, and uh, took away the, the harbor, uh, this uh, important strategic harbor that, the, uh, that Judah had. Uh, and then the Edomites even took settlements to the south of Judah, while the Philistines struck to the east and were uh, taking, uh, taking some of the, the cities and settlements from Judah. And so it was a time of uh, great distress and uh, threat uh, upon them. Uh, and that's what, what leads into this. Although they could not take Jerusalem, uh, that's why it says in verse 2, uh, when the house of David was told, the house of David, of course, that's the house of the king, the, the dynasty, Ahaz, uh, was told, Syria is in league with Ephraim. Uh, the people uh, in Ephraim there, it's just uh, the prominent northern tribe. It stands also for, uh, for Israel, the, the northern tribes. Uh, Syria is in league with Ephraim. Uh, the heart of Ahaz and the heart of his people shook as the trees of the forest shake uh, before uh, the wind. And so uh, they were uh, terrified to, to hear of this coalition against them uh, from, from all sides. And Syria was probably about the, the strongest power in, in that region that, at the time for the smaller nations. Uh, but Assyria was uh, much, much greater. So, uh, start reading in verse 3. And the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out to meet Ahaz, Ewan, Shirjashub, uh, your son, uh, at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the highway uh, to the washer's uh, field. Uh, and so, uh, He's sending him with his son, Shir Jashub, uh, which means uh, a remnant uh, will return. He's probably sending him because he's giving uh, hope uh, to Ahaz uh, at this point. He's going to try and uh, re reassure him. Uh, and the uh, conduit uh, of the upper pool uh, is uh, where water came from the Gihon Spring uh, to the east of Jerusalem, to the south, and uh, it's a little unclear. Some put it maybe a little more to the, the west at the south, but uh, it's along the, the south of, of Jerusalem where the, there's a pool of water that they uh, could, could take from and to wash and uh, for, for various things. And this will be important for later. Uh, and say to him, verse 4, uh, Be careful, be quiet, do not fear, and do not let your heart be faint. Uh, because of these two smoldering stumps of firebrands at the fierce anger of Rezin and Syria and the son of Remaliah, uh, that's Pekah, the king of Israel, uh, because Syria and Ephraim and the son uh, of Remaliah, Pekah, uh, has devised evil against you, saying, uh, let us go up against Judah and terrify it and let us conquer it. For... Uh, our, for last concrete for ourselves uh, and set up the son of Tabeel as king in the midst of it uh, and so he's telling them don't be afraid of them uh, in this Tabeel they're probably going to set, set up like a client king uh, who would rule on their behalf uh, if they can uh, take out Ahaz you know set up a king who will ally with them uh, and help their uh, their coalition so uh, God's telling them uh, don't be afraid of them they're, they're just two smoldering firebrands uh, sometimes kings are spoken of as trees but you know these are just just nothing kind of like burnt, burnt logs or 
something like that. No, no problem for God. On verse 7, uh, Thus says the Lord God, It shall not stand, and it shall not come to pass. For the head of Syria is Damascus, and the head of Damascus is Rezin. And the head of Syria, that's the nation, Damascus is the capital, uh, and the king is the, the head of the, the capital, the, the whole, Rezin. Uh, and within 65 years, Ephraim, uh, the northern tribes, will be shattered from being a people. Uh, and the head of Ephraim is Samaria. And the head of Samaria is the son of Remaliah. If you are not firm in the faith, you will not be firm uh, at all. So the, the head of Ephraim, the tribe standing for the, the northern uh, Israel, uh, is Samaria. That's the capital. Uh, and the head of Samaria the son of Remaliah, uh, Pekah, the, the, the king of, of Israel, the, the northern tribes. And so God's warning him uh, that he needs to be firm in faith. Uh, he needs to uh, trust God. Uh, these guys are nothing for God so long as he uh, trusts trusts in him. He's the Davidic king standing in the place of uh, David. That God's uh, promised an everlasting uh, dynasty. And so now uh, he's going to, uh, to offer a, a sign uh, to, to show uh, that uh, what he's saying is trustworthy, that uh, Ephraim uh, is going to be shattered from, uh, from being a people. And I can't really get into that. Uh, there are different ideas, and I, I forget some of them, but uh, some might think it might have to do with the Samaritans coming in and, and mixing with the people and uh, maybe a later conquest by a later uh, Assyrian uh, ruler. Uh, but for the most part, the nation will be done by, uh, by uh, 722 uh, B.C. Oh, and this is uh, 735. I, I think I said 600 uh, earlier. So uh, verse 10. Uh, again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask a sign of the Lord your God. Let it be as deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Hear then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men, that you weary my God also? Therefore, uh, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Now, before, before the sign, uh, here, uh, when God, t it can be wrong to, to demand a sign of God, uh, to look for a sign when God doesn't offer one. Uh, but here uh, he's telling them, uh, go ahead uh, and take a sign. Make it as low as Sheol, the, the place of the dead, uh, the abode of the dead, or as high as heaven above. Uh, make it as big as you want, uh, and I'll show you that I'm, uh, I'm trustworthy and that uh, this will happen. These people will be no threat to you, and uh, I'll bring judgment uh, upon them. Uh, but... Ahaz is acting kind of pious, but uh, really, uh, you'll become clear, he, he doesn't really uh, trust, uh, trust God here. Uh, and so it's just fake uh, piety when he says, uh, I, I will not ask and I, I will not put, put the Lord to the test. Well, it's not putting him to the test when he says, ask for a sign. Uh, when he says, ask for a sign, you know, you, you should ask for a sign. Um, I, he said, here then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you weary my God, 
uh, also. Uh, he's tiring him out and uh, just exhausting him uh, by, uh, by just brushing off the, the sign that uh, he's, uh, God's going to give him. So God's going to give him a sign uh, anyway. Uh, verse 14, Therefore, uh, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall call his name uh, Emmanuel, uh, which means God with us. He shall eat curds and honey uh, when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For uh, before the boy knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. The Lord will bring upon you and upon your people and upon your father's house such days as have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. Now, until he says that, it actually sounds like a good thing uh, that he's uh, promising. Uh, the Lord himself will give you a sign. So he's, this is relevant to, to Ahaz, uh, as we'll see. And the first sign uh, in chapter 9 or 8 uh, will be relevant to him. Uh, but then in chapter 9, he's going to look far uh, into the future. Uh, behold, uh, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, uh, and sh shall call his name uh, Emmanuel. Um, uh, and here, uh, the word uh, virgin, uh, something close to a young, uh, marriageable woman. It could overlap. Uh, I think it's Alma. It could overlap with Batula. Uh, and there's, a, they could o overlap and sometimes refer to a virgin, uh, a young, marriageable woman. Uh, but a young, marriageable woman in those days uh, would be a virgin. She wouldn't be uh, married to, uh, to a husband uh, at, that, uh, at that time. And that would be uh, taken for granted. Uh, and shall call his name uh, Emmanuel, uh, God with us. Uh, he shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil uh, and choose the good. Uh, and here, knowing evil and uh, knowing to refuse evil and choose good, it's talking about growing in moral discernment. Uh, so only as you become uh, much older, and that same idea is used for the uh, some of the young people. Uh, during the wilderness uh, wanderings that God didn't judge uh, because they were uh, younger and didn't participate uh, in the, the sin of their uh, parents. Uh, and so this is while he is uh, uh, young uh, at the time, uh, he shall eat curds and honey. And as the NET Bible notes say, oftentimes that so sounded like a good thing. It'd be used for a good thing. It was nutritious, uh, good good sort of food. But we're going to see that's going to take a negative turn as we uh, keep reading. And now he explains uh, why this is, why, why he'll uh, eat this. Uh, For before the boy uh, knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good, uh, the land whose two kings you dread will be uh, deserted. And so those kings will be uh, no, no problem uh, for, for Ahaz. They're not going to destroy him. Uh, the Lord will bring upon you and upon the people and upon your father's house uh, such days as have not come since the day that Ephraim uh, departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. And this is where it gets bad, because as we talked about uh, the divided kingdom, the divided monarchy, that's the time when the, the two uh, the tribes 
split apart uh, when Solomon's son uh, Rehoboam uh, became uh, king and they split apart uh, and were about to enter into complete uh, civil war uh, in utter disaster. And so that was a very uh, bad time. Uh, and what he's going to bring is uh, the king uh, of Assyria, the mighty Assyrian Empire, which was one of the most uh, brutal, uh, violent, uh, terrible uh, empires in the uh, ancient world. Uh, in fact, well, my history professors talked about a discussion between a couple of historians uh, where one said uh, the Assyrians were the Nazis of ancient time uh, and another corrected them and said, no, the Nazis were the Assyrians of our time. Uh, that's how, how brutal uh, they, uh, they were. And so, yes, they, they will be destroyed. Uh, the, uh, the, the two, two kings, and they're not going to be a threat anymore, Israel and uh, Syria, uh, but uh, he's also going to bring a judgment uh, on uh, Judah for uh, Ahaz's uh, rejection uh, of him uh, in trust in Assyria. Now we're going to see the, the judgment. Uh, in that day, the Lord will whistle for the fly that is at the end of the streams of Egypt and for the bee that is in the land of Assyria. And they will all come and settle in the steep ravines and in the clefts of the rocks and on all the thorn bushes and on all the pastures. Uh, here, the, the fly, uh, the streams of Egypt, it's the soldiers and armies of, the, of, of Egypt. You think of them like flies uh, filling the, the land and the clefts and the rocks because uh, Judah is in the, the hill country, and so they're, they're going to be all over the place. And uh, the bees from uh, Assyria are going to come down uh, from the, the Euphrates uh, into and around the, the surrounding a land and swarm about. Uh, verse 20, uh, in that day the Lord will shave with a razor uh, that is hired be beyond the river uh, with the king of Assyria, the head and the hair uh, of the feet, and it will sweep away uh, the beard also. Uh, and so he's talking about the Assyrians now in the land like a, a, a razor uh, in Sometimes they'd shave like part, part of their beard or their hair uh, to humiliate them uh, when they had defeated uh, their uh, enemies. And so uh, this is not good. Uh, verse 21, in that day a man will keep alive a young cow and two sheep. And because of the abundance of milk uh, that they give, he will eat curds. For everyone who is left in the land will eat curds and honey. And again, th this isn't a good thing. He'll keep alive a young cow uh, in two sheep. And that's because there's not enough. Uh, now with uh, the armies uh, in the encampments, there's not enough to uh, eat uh, cows and sheep, to, to have meat anymore. Uh, and so they have to live off the, the, the milk and uh, live off uh, curds. And so that's where the curds and honey now are becoming a bad thing, showing that their, uh, their rations are... Uh, are, are limited. They're, they're not going to be able to fully uh, eat as they did. Verse 23, uh, in that day, every place where there used to be a thousand vines worth uh, a thousand shekels of silver uh, will become briars and thorns. Uh, with bow and arrows, a man will come there, for the land will be briars and thorns. And as for all the hills that used to be hoed with a hoe, uh, you will not come there for fear of bri briars and thorns but 
uh, they will become a place where cattle are let loose and where sheep uh, tread. And so now all of the, the vineyards with all of their rich uh, plants uh, and the grapes, which were so important in that land, uh, because even through the summer, the grapes could live, uh, they got no rain, uh, but they could live off the, the dew. Uh, and so uh, very important. Uh, and now with the, the armies and no one to, to tend it, uh, it's just going to become a place of briars and thorns, uh, desolation, where uh, animals tread and trample, which you wouldn't want in a, a vineyard uh, filled, filled with, with grapes. Uh, it, would, it would destroy them. Uh, and this brings us to the uh, first sign uh, in uh, Isaiah's day, uh, where he, he's now uh, going to, uh, we're going to see the, uh, the virgin uh, who will conceive and bear a child. Uh, and then we'll see again uh, in verse uh, 9, or chapter 9, uh, concerning the uh, coming king. So this is Isaiah speaking. Uh, then the Lord said to me, uh, Take a large tablet and write on it com uh, in common characters belonging to Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Uh, and I will get uh, reliable witnesses, uh, Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of uh, Jeberechiah, uh, to attest for me. Uh, and I went to the prophetess, and she conceived and bore a son. Then the Lord said to me, Call his name Mahir Shalal Hashbaz. Uh, for uh, before the boy knows how to cry, My father, father, or my mother. Uh, the wealth of Damascus, so that's capital of Syria, Syria uh, in the spoil of Samaria, that's capital of Israel, northern tribes, uh, will be carried away before uh, the king of Assyria. So uh, take a large tablet and write on it in common characters belonging to Maher Shalal Hashbaz. Uh, here we see he's uh, writing down the, the name of the boy, uh, which means uh, some have it, uh, spoil, uh, spoil speeds, uh, prey hastens, uh, or something like uh, quick to the booty, uh, swift to the, the plunder, um, which is a very... Very strange uh, name that God would uh, make make Isaiah name his uh, boy. It was, probably wasn't I, Isaiah's first choice. Um, uh, but here, uh, writing it down, there, they're basically uh, it's like a legal document to show uh, that the, this prophecy uh, was uh, was fulfilled uh, and that it, it came to pass. Uh, a prophet, when they made uh, a prophecy, it had to come to pass. Uh, otherwise. Uh, they were a false uh, prophet. Uh, and so this is going to be uh, the proof. And so he gets reliable witnesses uh, to authenticate this. I will get reliable witnesses, Uriah the priest and Zechariah the son of uh, Jeberechiah to attest for me. Uh, and I went to the prophetess and she conceived and bore a son. Um, and then the Lord said to me, call his name Maher Shalal Hashbaz. And so here, uh, the prophetess, uh, she was a, a prophet, uh, and she uh, was a young, uh, marriageable uh, woman uh, at, the, at the time. Uh, and Isaiah had already had another son, but apparently uh, he married her, and maybe, maybe his past wife uh, had passed away. Uh, we, 
we don't, uh, don't know. But if you look at this language, uh, and she conceived uh, and bore a son. And back to seven, chapter 7, verse 14. Uh, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive uh, and bear a son. And she should call his name Emmanuel. And so you, you see the language. Uh, she's conceived and, and bore a son. And uh, in this case, um, you might be like, well, you know, that's not exactly a virgin birth in, in the sense that she married uh, I, Isaiah. So, you know, what, what, does, what does that mean? How, how does that work? Uh, but if you think back to some past people, maybe like Sarah, well, who, who's the one who opens wombs? God does. God opens the, the womb. Uh, he, he opened her womb uh, and, and gave her uh, a child. Uh, and also for Rebecca, she wasn't conceiving. And so, um, so Isaac uh, prayed to God uh, and uh, she conceived and, and bore uh, a child. And also for uh, Elizabeth, uh, the mother of uh, John the Baptist. And you see it throughout, uh, throughout scripture. And so it's something that, that God gives. Uh, she was uh, fruitful uh, right, right in their uh, marriage uh, to, to bring about uh, this prophecy. Uh, but then his very uh, name uh, also uh, testifies to this uh, prophecy. Uh, spoil speeds and uh, prey hastens, uh, as we'll see. Uh, the Assyrians are going to come for the uh, the spoil and the booty of uh, Syria and uh, Israel, uh, the northern uh, kingdoms, so that they can they're no longer a threat uh, to uh, to Ahaz and to Judah. Uh, with the the Davidic king, uh, and then uh, while he's yet uh, young and, and doesn't uh, discern between uh, good. Uh, good and evil, uh, they're no longer going to be uh, a threat. Uh, and so that's why he had them uh, write this down first. Uh, and then uh, he married the prophetess and she conceived and, and bore a son. Uh, and they called his name uh, Emmanuel. No, Maher Shalal Hashbaz. <laughs> but we'll, we'll be coming up to the name Emmanuel a couple times in the uh, following uh, judgment. It's going to carry significance throughout. Um, so uh, for before the boy knows how to cry, my father or my mother, uh, there again, that's another uh, talk about before he knows good and evil. He, he's he, he's going to be young uh, in this case, uh, my father or my mother. Uh, the wealth of Damascus and the spoil of Samaria will be carried away uh, before the king of Assyria. And so uh, showing the judgment, he, he's going to fulfill that. They're not going to be uh, threat, just as he said uh, in uh, the, the previous uh, chapter uh, when he was confronting uh, Ahaz at the, at the pool. Uh, the Lord spoke to me again, uh, because this people has refused the waters of Shiloh that flow gently and rejoice, and rejoice uh, over Rezin uh, and the son of Remaliah, uh, that's Pekah of Israel. Rezin's the uh, king of uh, Syria. Uh, therefore, behold, the Lord is bringing up against them uh, the waters of the river mighty uh, and many, uh, the king of Assyria uh, and all his glory. And it will rise over all its channels and go over all its banks. And it will sweep on into Judah. It will overflow and pass on, reaching even to the neck uh, and its outspread wings will fill the breadth of your land 
O Emmanuel, a God with us. Uh, and so now uh, it's taking a bad turn uh, for, uh, for the, the people uh, of Judah. Uh, because this people has refused the waters of Sh Shiloh that flow gently and rejoice over resin and the son of Remaliah. Uh, the waters of Shiloh, uh, that was the pool uh, where he met uh, Ahaz. Uh, and so, uh, as some commentaries say, uh, that's also where they uh, anointed uh, kings. Uh, you can read about uh, earlier, I think, with uh, Solomon. But uh, those waters that, that flow, flow gently uh, along uh, Jerusalem uh, represents uh, God and what he was offering uh, for them. Uh, if they trust uh, in him, uh, they'll have the gentle waters uh, in the, the pool, uh, and they'll have uh, peace uh, in God's uh, provision uh, for them. But uh, he has uh, rejected that, uh, and he was looking uh, to the king uh, of Assyria, and that's why he wouldn't join with, with the others. And so uh, because they rejected God, basically, his offer uh, and re and rejoice over resin uh, and the son of Remaliah. And here, uh, I think the rejoicing uh, is rejoicing over their uh, destruction uh, by the uh, by the Assyrians uh, com coming against them. Uh, but while they're rejoicing over them, uh, the Assyrians are also going to uh, to eventually. Uh, very quickly cause problems for uh, Judah uh, as well. They're not going to be uh, the best of allies. Uh, therefore, uh, behold, the Lord is bringing up against them uh, the waters of the river, mighty and many, uh, the king of Assyria. Uh, and the river is the Euphrates. It, it's worthy of being called the river. It's a great river. Um, uh, the, the king of Assyria and all his glory. Uh, and so now picturing the king of Assyria uh, with his armies uh, as, as the river uh, sweeping over, uh, and it will rise over all its channels and go over all its banks, uh, and it will sweep on into Judah. It will overflow and pass on, reaching even to the neck, and its outspread wings will fill the breadth of your land, Oh, Emmanuel. And so talking about is a, a overflowing a river uh, flooding and rushing uh, through the land uh, around uh, Judah, even up to the neck, almost taking them uh, away and drowning them. Uh, just barely uh, hanging on. Uh, that's what the, the king of Assyria will do. Uh, oh, Emmanuel, a God with us. Uh, this likely here uh, is uh, God uh, with them, uh, but this time not in salvation, but uh, in judgment because he has uh, rejected him. Uh, be broken, you peoples, and be shattered. The peoples are the nations. Uh, give ear, all you far countries. Strap on your armor and be shattered. Strap on your armor and be shattered. Take counsel together, but it will come to nothing. Speak a word, but it will not stand, for God uh, is with us. Literally, Emmanuel, God is with us. 
uh, and that's why it shows uh, being shattered. It could be emotionally in, in psychological distress, but then he says, put on your armor and be shattered. Uh, the, the Assyrians uh, against the peoples and nations uh, that are going to stand in coalition against them, uh, Assyria is going to shatter uh, and destroy uh, them. Uh, take counsel together, but it will come to nothing. Speak a word, but it will not stand. For Emmanuel, a God, uh, is with us, assuring that uh, the counsel of the nations will come to absolutely uh, nothing uh, because they don't trust in him. Uh, now uh, God is going to instruct uh, Isaiah. For the Lord spoke thus to me, uh, with his strong hand upon me, uh, and warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not call a conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Uh, let him be your fear, and let him be your dread and he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem and many shall stumble on it they shall fall and be broken they shall be snared and taken and so here he's instructing uh, him not to be like uh, the uh, all the, uh, the, the peoples uh, and the uh, people uh, in the, the nation uh, that were afraid of uh, the, the nations of uh, Syria and Israel. Uh, and and uh, all those afraid of Assyria uh, do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy. And do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts uh, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. So, of course, uh, people are to fear God, not, uh, not uh, man, uh, because ultimately a God uh, is in control and he is uh, the one to fear. He is, he is the judge. He is the one that gives uh, sal salvation. Uh, and so uh, he wants Isaiah, uh, don't be like this people. Don't be like Ahaz. Don't be like the the nations and the, the, the people of uh, Judah. Uh, and he will become a sanctuary and a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Uh, here, a uh, sanctuary, uh, it's a little un unsure. Uh, it could be a little more like a, a snare or something, but if it has to do with the sanctuary, uh, then it would be for uh, for. Isaiah in uh, that remnant that uh, trusts in him. But for everyone else, uh, a stone of offense and a rock of stumbling to both houses of Israel, a trap and a snare uh, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem. And so instead of finding sanctuary in God and trusting in him and uh, fearing him and finding safety uh, in him, uh, they rejected him. And so now he's like a stone that someone, instead of finding safety in, uh, 
someone stumbles uh, over and falls and they're shattered uh, and broken or like a trap or a snare that, that you get caught in with the, the judgments that he's bringing. Uh, and many shall stumble on it, they shall fall and be broken, uh, they shall be snared and taken. Bind up the testimony, seal the teaching among my disciples. I will wait for the, for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob, and I will hope in him. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are signs and portents in Israel uh, from the Lord of hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. So uh, here, uh, probably the, the testimony uh, that they're binding up uh, in the, the teaching uh, with his disciples uh, probably these prophecies and oracles and uh, that uh, uh, legal document basically about Maher Shalal uh, Hashbaz uh, to uh, show uh, that these things uh, came uh, to, to pass after they've come to pass uh, as the notes say it'll authenticate uh, Isaiah's uh, ministry uh, and they're the, the, word of, uh, the words that God has uh, given them uh, to, uh, to trust in. Uh, and it's uh, among my, my disciples. Uh, those are uh, the, the, the remnant, those who, who learn uh, from, from God. And uh, often there would be uh, people uh, attached to, uh, to the, the prophets that would uh, learn from them. And they were kind of like uh, a small remnant community uh, or a small, small assembly or, or church uh, when uh, Israel and Judah was largely uh, apostate uh, and most, uh, although they were Israelites, most did not uh, believe. Isaiah says, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob uh, and I will hope in him. Uh, behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are signs and portents in Israel from the Lord of hosts who dwells on Mount Zion. Uh, and we see here uh, again uh, that his children, they are signs, uh, they are portents. Uh, Maher Shalal Hashbaz was a sign uh, in his day uh, that God gave to Ahaz because Ahaz wouldn't ask for a sign. God gave him one anyway. Uh, and so the, the prophetess conceived and uh, bore a son and they called him they called him Maher Shalal uh, Hashbaz. Uh, spoil speeds, prey hastens, or quick, quick to the, uh, <laughs> quick to the booty, swift to the plunder. Uh, and uh, we saw Emmanuel repeat a, a couple times. It's connecting that he is a sign that uh, God is with them. Uh, but it, it might be used uh, more negatively here now uh, in judgment. Although ultimately, uh, Judah is not going to be utterly uh, destroyed. God will uh, save them, especially in the time of Hezekiah. So uh, verse 19, uh, and when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Uh, should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? To the teaching and to the testimony, if they will not speak according to this word, it is because they have a no dawn, a no a daylight. Uh, they don't come today, which is a bad thing to uh, be left in the, the night, basically. 
Uh, in this, I remember is one of the, it's a very difficult passage uh, in Hebrew, and I had studied it deeply quite some time ago. I, I didn't have as much time to, uh, to, to review it. And so there, there are some different ideas a bit about how to translate it, but as it's translated here, and overall, it seems to be uh, rejecting uh, that the people, uh, Ahaz and such, they were turning to uh, diviners and to necromancers and mediums, uh, people who would uh, have like a spirit speak through them, uh, supposedly, and all sorts of uh, cultic uh, evil practices uh, to find secret information or information from God about how they, what they should do uh, to learn about the, the future and the best course uh, of action. Uh, but God, of course, uh, rejects this. Uh, when they say to you, inquire of the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, uh, should not a people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? To the teaching and to the testimony, if they will not speak according to this word, it is because they have no dawn. Uh, God has given his word and he has spoken uh, through uh, Isaiah. Uh, and that is all that they should listen to uh, the word of God and not be turning to uh, necromancers and mediums. And shows just how apostate uh, the nation was uh, and how wicked Ahaz was, was uh, that he would not listen to God when uh, God would have uh, given them peace uh, and security. Ask for a sign as, as low as Sheol, uh, the boat of the dead below, or as high as heaven above. Uh, but uh, he would not listen. Verse 21, uh, they will pass, uh, they have no dawn, uh, they will pass through the land, greatly distressed and hungry, uh, and when they are hungry, uh, they will be enraged uh, and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God and turn their faces upward. And they will look to the earth, but behold, distress and darkness, the gloom of anguish, uh, and they will be thrust into darkness. And here uh, we see uh, that they are hungry, uh, wandering uh, through uh, the land with all uh, the judgment that has come upon the land uh, and the armies and sieges uh, that they're now hungry and distressed and they, they didn't look to God and so uh, they're bearing the, the consequences of judgment. Uh, they will be, uh, and in this state, they will be enraged and will speak contemptuously against their king and their God uh, in turn uh, their faces upward. So to heaven, uh, and speaking contemptuously against the king, their king and their God, that's forbidden uh, in the Mosaic uh, law. Uh, and that was a wicked, uh, evil practice. And they, they think they were put to death uh, for, for those things because the king represents God. Uh, he's to be the, uh, the Davidic king uh, ruling on God's behalf as God uh, would rule, uh, representing him to the, the people. Uh, and so to curse him is to curse uh, God's uh, ruler. Uh, and then they uh, even go ahead and, and curse God in their uh, plight. And they will look to the earth, but behold distress and darkness, uh, the gloom of anguish, and they will be thrust into thick uh, darkness. Uh, it shows just how uh, severe uh, the, the judgment was with the uh, armies uh, coming against them and uh, the uh, Assyrians. Uh, which would have been uh, terrible 
terrible judgment. But now we're going to see uh, another sun. It's going to take a turn uh, to the future, uh, away from this judgment, turning to, uh, to hope on God's restoration. So chapter 9, verse 1. But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt of the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, of the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. But there will be no gloom for her who was uh, in anguish. And so uh, the, the gloom uh, that they had uh, just uh, before, now it's pictured as uh, just all uh, passing uh, away uh, for them. Uh, and will uh, it's in it's in the future now uh, in the former time he brought into contempt of uh, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali but in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea of uh, the land beyond the Jordan Galilee of the nations on uh, Zebulun and, and Naphtali uh, who, is, who were brought uh, into contempt uh, those were the very uh, northern uh, tribes near the, the Sea of Galilee. Uh, and they were the first ones uh, that the Assyrians would have uh, descended upon from the north, uh, bringing their judgment. Uh, and they were uh, the first ones, uh, and they destroyed uh, many cities uh, as they uh, came uh, through uh, those parts because it was on the international coastal highway. And so they were the very first ones were darkness descended with uh, with all the uh, the armies and uh, with all their violence and uh, killing and uh, taking uh, taking away many of them were deported uh, up to the the north uh, but in the and so in the in the former time uh, he brought into con contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali but in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of, of the nations. Of the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Uh, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. Uh, for uh, the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, uh, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. And here, uh, you, you have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. And so now their, their numbers are, are multiplied. They're, they're kind of drawing back. Be fruitful, multiply, uh, and fill, fill the earth. Now they're filled with joy. Instead of darkness, uh, they have light. Uh, as with joy at the harvest, as... Uh, they are glad when they divide the spoil, uh, and this is the reason they're so joyful. Uh, for the yoke of his burden, in the staff for his shoulder, uh, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. And that uh, points back to Judges. I think with uh, I think Gideon uh, uh, conquering the, the Midianites, 
back in the, the day of judges and God shatters the, the oppression and now they'll have uh, peace uh, and security as he promised a long, a long uh, ago. For, for every boot of the tramping warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood uh, will be burned as fuel uh, for the fire. That's common uh, imagery in, in Isaiah and uh, elsewhere uh, to show uh, that no more uh, are there uh, these uh, implements of, of war, uh, but they will be burned uh, and done away with, uh, with death and war uh, and violence and all that com- comes from it, uh, famine and uh, distress. Uh, and this is the reason that these things uh, will all uh, be done uh, away with. Now we come to the second sign. Uh, For to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and uphold it, with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. And so you remember uh, that he said, a virgin uh, shall uh, conceive uh, and bear uh, a child, and his name shall be called uh, Emmanuel, a God with us. And here we, we don't see a father, uh, but we, we do See, uh, for to us a child is born, a son uh, is uh, given, uh, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So Emmanuel, a God with us, uh, this one himself is called Mighty God everlasting father Uh, this one is God with us uh, far uh, beyond uh, Maher Shalal Hashbaz uh, quick to the booty swift swift to the the plunder uh, which was just a a sign that uh, that God was with them Uh, but in that case it brought brought judgment Uh, but now this one himself uh, is mighty God he really is a God uh, with us Uh, and yet he's uh, the, the Davidic king. Uh, and you see this uh, throughout uh, Isaiah. Even when he talks about his suffering servant, uh, where he says, like, behold, uh, my, my servant uh, shall be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. I believe three times uh, in uh, Isaiah, it says, uh, God says, Yahweh, uh, I will be high uh, and lifted up. Uh, you pretty much find everyone else is brought low and humbled, uh, but of his servant, he shall be high and lifted up uh, and greatly uh, exalted. Uh, and here we see that he's a mighty God. Uh, and wonderful counselor. Uh, there are uh, different ways that uh, people uh, translate this. I think uh, Eric thinks it's more of a sort of a miracle worker. It has to do with the miracles uh, that they performs. Uh, I haven't been able to study it uh, quite in, in depth enough. Uh, then he, he notes a uh, 
uh, I think, a wonder uh, of a counselor. Uh, if it has to do with a counselor, that would be quite fitting uh, because uh, the, the government is upon uh, his uh, shoulder. Um, and we'll see that uh, he's the one who gives uh, peace. Uh, and uh, he sits on uh, David's throne uh, forever. And so he's the one who needs counsel uh, from uh, no one. Uh, but he is wise uh, and able uh, to uh, rule uh, in justice uh, and righteousness. Uh, he's mighty God, everlasting uh, father, uh, prince uh, of peace. Uh, just seeing uh, all these ideas of uh, forever. Uh, God promised to David that he would give him an everlasting uh, dynasty. And, uh, to the covenant with Abraham uh, and with uh, with uh, David uh, and the new covenant. They're everlasting uh, covenants to bring God's blessing forevermore to uh, restore uh, the, the creation uh, even uh, better uh, than, it, uh, than it was uh, before. Uh, of the increase of his government and of peace, uh, there will be uh, no end. Uh, of course, there will be no end because as mighty God Ever, everlasting Father and Prince of Peace, uh, the, the peace will never end. He lives uh, forever uh, as the, the Prince uh, of Peace. It, it, it's never uh, done away with. Uh, on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore uh, the zeal of the Lord of hosts uh, will do this. So a God is going to, to bring it about. And so although in, in their day uh, they saw a great darkness and distress, though ultimately God would uh, deliver them uh, at the 11th hour. Uh, but uh, even later uh, they were uh, destroyed by the, the Babylonians, uh, Judea in 586 uh, B.C. finally. Uh, but here uh, he gives hope about the coming uh, long-awaited uh, Davidic king. Uh, that they uh, expected uh, and wondered how uh, will the promises ever be fulfilled uh, to David uh, when, uh, when all of the, the Davidic kings were uh, sinful uh, and even the, the best of them uh, were sinful. Even David was sinful uh, and they, he saw very uh, troubled times uh, in, in his own days. So now let's go back to Matthew 1. Uh, and this also shows when it says a virgin uh, shall conceive and bear uh, a child. And his name shall be called Emmanuel. Uh, it's not just it's not just that. Uh, it's not just that um, kind of kind of just vague if you, if you just read it uh, out of context but you keep reading uh, and this is the Davidic king and yet the Davidic king is himself a god uh, and yet there, there is one a god and so just like throughout all of the Old Testament it's become very amazing to me uh, to see and we'll be seeing it more uh, as we study throughout Genesis uh, is what some call the, the Jewish Trinity I mean you, you see the spirit of Yahweh. You see the angel of Yahweh, and you see uh, Yahweh, uh, and yet he is uh, one God, and yet 
There's threeness within the one God. There are distinctions. There's complexity uh, within uh, the one God, and they're distinct from one another, and yet uh, the one a God. Just in, in verse 1, uh, Matthew uh, starts uh, very much uh, like uh, Chronicles, uh, which uh, may have been thought to, to be at the, uh, the end uh, of the, the Jewish Hebrew canon. Uh, Matthew is basically beginning again with the new chronology. Do you think maybe he realized that he was uh, picking up where, where everything left off and that uh, he as an apostle was uh, writing uh, scripture? Uh, but he says, uh, the book of the genealogy of Jesus, Christ, uh, which means uh, anointed, uh, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And then when he gets to David, verse 6, and Jesse, the father of David, was the king. Uh, just to, to characterize him, he's the king. That's important. Uh, Jesus is the descendant of King uh, David, uh, to whom the, the promises were. Uh, and then uh, verse 16, he comes to the end. Uh, in Jacob, uh, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, uh, of whom uh, Jesus was born, who is called the Christ, uh, the uh, anointed one. Of course, David was anointed, the anointed king, uh, anointed by the, the spirit. Uh, but here's the ultimate uh, anointed one. So all of the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the de deportation to Babylon, 14 generations, and from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. Uh, when his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, uh, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit, and her husband Joseph, uh, being a just man, and willing to put her to sh and unwilling to put her to shame, I, I keep almost wanting to put her to shame. I don't mean to. Um, a resolve to divorce her uh, quietly, uh, and this, by the way, shows that Joseph was an uh, honorable man. Uh, that he he would uh, put her away uh, for uh, for thinking she she had committed uh, adultery, uh, but doing it quietly, uh, but then uh, he's told, uh, he's told by an angel uh, what God was really uh, bringing about. Uh, but as he considered these things, uh, behold, an angel of the Lord uh, appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, I wonder why he calls him son of David, well, it's important uh, to the Jesus is, uh, is connected to the, uh, the uh, to King David. Uh, do not fear to take uh, Mary as your wife, for uh, that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Uh, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he w will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up from the 
from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord uh, commanded him. He took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name uh, Jesus. Now, here, think about Matthew uh, and what what they uh, knew. Uh, and just seeing uh, Isaiah uh, in the Septuagint, it's very clear that they... they uh, translate it as a virgin, uh, and it, it had that uh, that range. It could be used uh, for a virgin. But between the two, it's very, very interesting where you might not totally know if, if you read that. It's like, well, it doesn't mention a father uh, in, in chapter 9, but, you know, you, you might not be totally uh, sure. But if this really happened, if this really happened, uh, his mind would go right to that uh, text. Uh, if, if, if it really uh, came uh, to, to pass. Uh, otherwise, it, it, wouldn't even, it wouldn't even make up, make sense. If it never happened, uh, it wouldn't make sense to, to, make, it, uh, to make it up. Uh, because uh, you might get a connection between nine, but she doesn't he doesn't necessarily need to be uh, to be uh, to be born uh, from uh, from a virgin in the sense of that she you know didn't didn't marry um, kind of like the the prophetess. But if it did really happen, he'd think right back uh, to that text uh, and chapter nine uh, and be like, wow. Uh, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people uh, from from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Uh, so I hope that that would be uh, in- encouraging, uh, maybe to, uh, to re- revisit that uh, passage and uh, look a little deeper and see how it connects to chapter nine. And uh, in Isaiah, it also, uh, if you keep reading, it goes. I think that section ends at chapter twelve, uh, and there are more section, more where it keeps talking about this a coming one and contrasting their day at that time and their kings at that time, uh, and the king uh, who is uh, to come, who will who will reign uh, forever and ever uh, in uh, righteousness. So uh, let's just uh, close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and thank you for uh, the prophet Isaiah and that you revealed all these things uh, to him so uh, long, long ago. And just very encouraging to see that uh, all throughout your word, uh, it speaks about uh, this coming king, this uh, coming uh, Christ, your uh, anointed one who is uh, himself a God, uh, your uh, very uh, eternal son that, uh, that you sent to uh, redeem your people. Uh, they named him Jesus for uh, he came to save his people. Uh, from their sins. And I thank you for sending your son into the world and uh, that we can have confidence in these things 
because of because of your word that's uh, been so uh, faithfully uh, preserved and we just thank you and pray that you'd press these things on our hearts and minds and that we would speak of them and grow in knowledge of you and of your son and uh, we thank you uh, lord jesus that uh, you are the coming one that you are the ultimate uh, davidic king to uh, establish uh, david's throne uh, forever uh, and ever uh, we uh, thank you that uh, you became a man and that you can uh, rep represent us uh, and as uh, god you are perfect and holy and just and righteous and uh, you are a king that uh, no sinner could uh, ever be and so we thank you for these things and we thank you that uh, you came to save your people and that uh, you saved them uh, to the uttermost because uh, you are a perfect savior and you always live to make intercession uh, for them for all who uh, turn from their sins and uh, repent and trust in your name and we thank you for these things and give you all the praise and glory amen <clears throat>